0: I realized the cost of waiting and possibly reaching retirement age and not being willing or perhaps even more tragically, not being able to do these things that I wanted to do my entire life. The cost of that was far greater than the cost of selling everything I owned and just going at it and seeing what happened. Mm -hmm.
1: Welcome to our newest series, Campfire Chats, and this series of shows is so important because it will be broadcast across both of our podcasts, the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast. And the Location Indie Podcast. So, if you're listening on the EPop Podcast, hello, travel nerds! And if you're listening on the Location Indie Podcast, get ready for a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle. And uh, we've got three people leading that lifestyle. Day. It's going to be a bunch of fun. And if you guys like it so much that you decide to listen on both, uh, huge thank you. Huge, huge thank you. Getting those download numbers up, 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 up. Shoot me a message on IG at Extra Pack of Peanuts. Uh, let me know you listen to it on both shows. If you did, that'd be super cool. Um, and why is the Campfire Chat series so incredible? Why is it going out to both podcasts? Because I am super excited to bring on a bevy of people who are responsible for making our biggest event of the year, Camp Indy, possible. They are travelers, entrepreneurs, and digital nomads who are all living life on their own terms, who are gracious enough to help you try to achieve the same thing. Today, I've got three, three people coming in from all different parts of the world who have all been doing some really incredible stuff recently two of them who attended Camp Indian in 2021 and all who will be speaking to you at Camp Indy 2023. So the one person, the very first person I remember following way back in the day when I was a high school teacher who was like, I cannot live this life. Is anyone else doing anything other than the regular lifestyle? I stumbled upon a blog called The Professional Hobo and I was like, whoa. Here's someone doing something really, really cool. The OG of this digital nomad movement before it was even called that. Miss Nora Dunn from the Professional Hobo. Nora, thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: What's up? It is such a pleasure to be here as usual. I think you and I first hit record like was it 2014? I think was when I first came on EPop.
1: I think and we're, we're nine years into this recording history between you and I. Yeah, so. Uh, Thank you for being there in the very beginning. We're going to get into that, how you decided to make the leap and, and do it when even less people were doing it because you were one of the first people. Another person I have to thank very early on in my journey, who I've called the most interesting man in the world. I think he's got a pretty good story to tell today because he seems pretty tired. It's uh, 9.30 a.m. when he's recording, which is an early morning for him. But uh, my good buddy, Scott Brills and Scott. I don't even know if I've ever told you this, but when I went to the World Domination Summit in 2013, the event that people have heard that kind of catapulted me to believing that this lifestyle I wanted to leave was possible, the very first person I remember meeting on some group chat or something, I, I knew no one. And someone put a thing out it was like, does anyone want to meet up? And it was you in like a safari hat. And I was like, ah, this guy's got to be somewhat cool. So Scott, welcome founder of Pomoja Safaris, and one of the very first people I met who was leading this lifestyle in
2: person. What's up, Trav? Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the event.
1: Every time I bring you on, Scott, I hear a different story. Like I remember we did an EPop podcast and you said something offhandedly. You were telling a story and you're like, yeah, so that one time I ran a marathon through the Sahara in hiking boots or something like that. I'm like, Wait a second. This is like a podcast in and of itself. So I'm very excited to to figure out what, what will be that story, that Scott Brill story that gets unearthed today that I've never heard. I mean, you, I don't know. I, still,
2: I haven't given you everything yet. I'm I'm saving some in reserve. You know, I gotta, I gotta uh, keep up my most interesting shtick. you know, for a while longer. So that's right. That's right.
1: One day I'll hear all the stories. I'll be like, that's it. And then we'll go out and create more stories. That's what this is about. That's right. That's right. Um, and last, but certainly not least, the person I met most recent, but who has had an incredible impact on my life over the last year and a half, because Christine, we got to meet when we were in the Paradise Pack about 14 to 16 months ago. And since then, it has been an absolute joy uh, to get to know you and the energy is absolutely unmatched. So my good friend, badass drone operator, Christine Lazada, and Christine, you're doing something really cool right now that. Everyone on this call was like, we got to know more about this right off the bat. So, where are you? What are you doing?
3: I feel like every time I've had a chance to connect with you, I've been somewhere really weird and random and doing something crazy on the travel front. Whether from Paradise Pack, I was talking to you from the back of a car driving cross country to the time that you and I talked drones, I was in the Bahamas droning beautiful stingrays. And today I'm actually in Northern California on a tricked out 2003 schoolie bus that has an entire home built on top of it, filming for a really cool brand. And so that's where I'm at today. And I'm really excited to be a part of this party.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All three of you really, really just show the lifestyle of what, what can be possible. All three of you, we could do three hours with each of you on all the stories that you've had over the years. And, it's it, You live this out day to day, and that doesn't mean that every single day is this absolutely epic adventure. Although, whenever I'm with most of you, it is an absolutely epic adventure. So maybe maybe the three of you are not the best people to say, oh, no, there, there's like a normal side to this. I don't know. Keep it going pretty quick pace. But one of the things that I think is hard for people to realize, or at least was really difficult for me when I was starting, I'll let you guys kind of talk about that as well, was that when I... Started and was reading your site, Nora. and was like, okay, someone's doing it. I know that my idea of not being stuck in a cubicle or, in my case, a classroom is feasible. Someone's doing it, but I also had no idea how I was going to do it. Right? Okay, someone else is doing it, sure, but what about me? And there was all these questions of, well, okay, maybe she can do it because X, Y, Z. Maybe this person I'm reading can do it because of X, Y, Z. But like, I am just a regular person who has a regular job who is dreaming about something different, but I have all these quote-unquote obstacles or self-perceived obstacles in the way. Take us back. Let's start with you, Nora, because pro- I think the first one to do, although Scott, maybe maybe you'll chime in here. Maybe you got something be- before Nora even, but take us back to that time when you said, I don't want this regular lifestyle. I got to make a change. What was the catalyst for that? Like, How were you able to go and do it? You know, I think there were a
0: number of, Things, little things that led to this ultimate process of my completely changing my life and lifestyle and ultimately selling everything I owned, including a financial planning practice, to just take off and travel the world on this open-ended adventure that I had no idea what it would look like, much less the fact that it, you know, 17 years later I would still be here doing it. But there were a variety of things. I mean, it started with just a lifelong desire to really travel the world in a really culturally immersive way. So that was something that was really a foundational desire of mine. Uh, And then add on the layer of my not really being able to achieve that with vacations. You know, when you go somewhere for a couple of weeks, you can't dig into culture in the way that I really wanted to. I mean, I wanted to hack into local cultures. I wanted to know how people, you know, how they, where they shop, what they cooked, what they talked about around the dinner table. What's a going concern? How do people live their lives around the world? So that was the next layer. The next layer was I had achieved what you would call success, really running my financial planning practice, living in Toronto, Canada. I was turning 30. I was like, okay, basically I've hit a tipping point where technically for the rest of my career, all I have to do is work less and make more. This was a great moment, but this is also a moment where I was burning out and forced to really take stock of my life and my life choices and my trajectory. And once again, into this picture came this lifelong desire to travel the world, plus the layer of not really feeling like I could do it with these shorter term vacations, which seemed to be all I could manage if I was running my business. And I realized, I thought about it for a second, and I thought, okay, I could put, I have two options here. One, I could put another 30 years into the traditional workforce, and I could stay on the road that I'm on. And then I could wait until retirement to satisfy this dream I have of long-term, culturally immersive world travel or I could do it all now. And I realized the cost of waiting and possibly reaching retirement age and not being willing, or perhaps even more tragically, not being able to do these things that I wanted to do my entire life. The cost of that was far greater than the cost of selling everything I owned and just going at it and seeing what happened. So that was the ultimate tipping point for me to decide that I just wanted to sell everything and travel the world. And yeah, here we
1: are 17 years later, still going. What, a, What? A, I mean, what about for you, Christine? Because you came to this lifestyle, it's hard for me to say, like, Scott and Nora are some of the people I know who did this way before it was even, even kind of in the social consciousness, right? Um. Obviously people were doing it, but you came to this lifestyle a bit later what about it that was it for you because you you've told me a bit of of how this went but you had a pretty good situation much like Nora mentioned and you even said to me I'm barely working and making a lot more than I should for barely working so why give that up why try something that is harder and and more difficult and
3: a path less trod right it's all about the adventure and the excitement and the lifestyle you want to be living just because you know my my background is the corporate world doing marketing for Walmart for Amazon very cushy jobs with a lot of security but was it fulfilling like did i wake up every day like so excited to go you know lock myself into my cubicle not really to be honest like though it was it was not fun even in the slightest and i was having a moment the other day in which i had some old People who knew me in my corporate life come visit me at the thirty-eight foot school bus I'm living in right now, and they're just like, "Well, you know, you just started doing this, Christine, like in 2020, like very recently, a couple of years ago. How did you do it?" And they're like, well, "Yeah, but you're able to figure it out because you fly drones." And I'm like, "Well, I started flying drones in 2020," and they're like, "Yeah, but you were always a great photographer and videographer," and I was like, "Uh, no, I." learn that watching youtube videos in 2020 like i i in my opinion i know what's ugly and what's not ugly but i don't have any kind of background in that yet now i am a filmmaker right and then it goes on right like i just recently decided i am going to become a professional pickleball player And so I'm currently in a gearbox athlete. I am sponsored now by different clothing brands. And people are like, you just started playing in November. You just figured out how to play this game in November. You have zero racket sports background. How are you traveling and filming and creating this content about becoming a professional pickleball player with no background? And I'm like, you know what? It's like, you just got to want to want it. If you want it and you teach yourself how to do these things, what's... A challenge for the way I used to be in my old corporate life is I just didn't know these things are possible. If you were like in it and you're excited about things and you just start reaching out to these brands with ideas of like, yo, like I can do this, I can do that, like let's try this together. It's exciting to see what is available when you start asking. But as long as you're not asking or trying or learning things for free on YouTube, there's not a whole lot that can happen. And so I pivoted into this lifestyle really fast. And now like when people tell me like, I had no idea like that was possible that you could be on this bus creating these videos. And I'm like, neither did I until I started looking into it. And now the possibilities are endless. And it's to the point where and this is part of the reason, Travis, like every time I podcast with you, I'm somewhere crazy and different is like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that I could do fill in the blank. And then I'm at that thing. And the number of opportunities that have come from this are in the tune of, I'm actually trying to cut back on how much I travel. Cause I'm like, it kind of would be nice to have a place where I could regularly make coffee and do a podcast episode um, and not be in a RV parking lot. Somewhere different every single day. But I mean, like, that's kind of a great problem to have, but the possibilities are endless
1: as long as you want them. Yeah. You you kind of, when you were speaking, it kind of brought this idea to my head of like pulling the blinders off, right? You don't know what you don't know until you step into something different. For me, that was reading different blogs. Nor yours is one of them, going to the World Domination Summit in 2013, meeting you, Scott, with like, oh my gosh, this guy owns a Safari company. What does that even? like, what does that even mean? Who owns a safari company? How am I sitting talking to this random person who five minutes ago, I didn't know who's telling me that, yeah, I just, I, I own a safari company. I remember asking like how, and you're like, I want a safari, met a guy who was a good guy figured why not. And so what, what pulled the blinders off for you in the beginning, Scott, like, and I don't even know, was there any normal job that you, that you were in? When was that tipping point for you?
2: Yeah, so I've, I've never had a, a corporate job. Uh, I guess I was I was lucky in some ways to know that I wanted to kind of at least try pursuing my own thing from the get-go. So, you know, 19 or so, uh, I started my first company doing web and graphic design. And I was doing that for about a decade, just kind of a solopreneur lifestyle business. I was making enough money to travel around the world, which is all I wanted to do, and buy whatever I needed to buy. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty comfortable. Um, but something that was really lacking was a community. So there were a few people online that, that had like blogs and stuff that were doing something similar, but like no in-person stuff. I didn't really get that until 2012, 2013, when I started finding these events like world domination summit, uh, that were bringing people that were kind of like alternative thinkers or alternative lifestyles and stuff like that, bringing them all together in one place. And then you could, you know, from there, like the trajectory just skyrocketed as far as like, you know, meeting people and being like, oh, wow, I'm not like, well, I'm still a weirdo, but like, there's other weirdos too, that I can like talk about this kind of stuff with. And you don't have to like explain everything you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're doing it. Every single time you talk to somebody, um, you know, like my nickname for years was like the spy because people are just like, how are you just like traveling around? And like, where's your money coming from? And I'd like try to explain it. And they're like, you're a spy. Got it. Okay. Or like an arms dealer, (laughs) you know? And so, which is like a fun, like alter ego, like persona to have, but, uh, you know, yeah, 2012, 2013, that was really cool to initially come across other people that were, that were living a somewhat similar lifestyle. Um, Sean Ogle, who, believe you you know he was running a a website and it's funny because i just like randomly put it in my favorites bar and i was procrastinating while staying at a friend's house in new york uh one random wednesday and i was just like click random website i've never read before and the first post is like we're having a meetup in manhattan tonight at 7 p.m and it was like 2 p.m and i'm like wait that's tonight and i went to this uh this meetup hosted by sean ogle and there's a bunch of other different people there and uh that's how i met uh Rostowski, you know and like kim Pham and all these other people that you know a lot of them you've met tramp uh that then i ended up hanging out with them and going to these all these different things uh, such as wds such as burning man and yeah now like i'm so happy that i've had you know, hundreds and hundreds of friends and acquaintances that I can kind of riff on different subjects with and and talk about business stuff and travel and whatnot. Uh, whereas before it's it a little bit a little bit of a lonely road, you know. Like you know, I, I had friends that were that were you know back home, and every time they'd be like, "Oh, you know, where'd you go off to this time?" Okay, cool. Well, anyway, so in my life, my boss sucks, you know. My, my my job sucks, you know. And I just like come back to the same stuff every time. I'm like, okay, like you know, I get it. Like not everyone. This isn't the lifestyle for everyone, but it's it is cool to like. Talk on the same level with people sometimes. That's why it was it was really cool to uh, attend your Camp Indie in 2021. Last second, man, man you, you definitely, you tried to get me to go. And I was like, I don't know what my schedule is going to be. And then I think five days ahead of time, I was like, all right, I'm in. And uh, definitely did not regret that. <laughs> The
1: hardest thing about throwing an event for people who are all over the world, living adventurous lifestyles, is trying to get people to commit to coming to one place at one time, right? And bringing people together. Uh, as as someone know, that does,
2: you know, that, that also put, gets people together for trips and events and stuff, I, I feel your pain, Trust.
1: <laughs> yeah, you hit on a super important thing uh, about being around people who are doing it. Right? Is it is it possible to do it on your own? Of course, it's possible. Like, and there, there are very few people in my life who I know who who kind of relish that opportunity. But I would say there's 99% of the people are saying I want to be around people who are doing it. So I just want you guys to chime in a little bit. And Scott, you told your background there, but what what was it like when you decided to make this break? Christine, for you it was in 2020. Nora for you, it was in 2008 nine. Six. Six. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense now with my timeline. But I want us to just kind of riff on this idea of like, one, how did you, when you made the break, try to surround yourself with people who are doing it, or or maybe what what were some steps you took? Because I think it's super important. And then what about the people in your life who you were quote unquote, leaving behind those people who are maybe the lifestyle is not for them, but was there guilt? Was there Were people giving you a hard time? How did that all coalesce? Because I hear a lot of times people say to me, you know, I want to do this, but other people in my life like don't either don't support or just like they think I'm crazy.
0: You know, I'd just like to reflect back on something that Scott mentioned, you know, in terms of the the people you keep company with, right? So they're, they're like-minded people who travel the world who you can riff off, you know, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're travelers, whether they, you know, you can you meet of the minds in various ways. And then and then you come back to maybe some of the 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 crew that you had, your lifelong family and friends, the people who you grew up with who who chose a very different track in life. And they, you know, they ask you the question, hey, how was your trip? But they don't want to see, you know, like they want to see pictures, but they they want to see two, right? And and that's it. They don't want the full stories because they 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 can't relate. And that's okay. So they want the really, you know, the quick version of what your adventures have been like and then they 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 talk about what they know. And really that's what we all do in one way or another. So when it comes to support, I've I've come to understand that there are different levels of support that I can get from different people and that I also have to be really clear for myself what I want from who I'm I have in my life. So those people back home who may not understand my life or lifestyle and who are not going to be instrumental for me in talking about what life in Tanzania is like. Those people might be better for me in terms of they, I mean, they've known me for many, many years. So when I come back to Toronto to visit and I see them after having had these epic worldly experiences, what they do for me is they are able to reflect back to me how I have grown and changed over those months or years since I last saw them. And that's a really instrumental thing for growth, understanding how you have changed along the way. Because I've gone through long periods of time where I've traveled solo and I haven't necessarily been with anybody, but I've had these life-changing experiences, but I haven't had any kind of contextual baseline for those experiences. And when that happens, you kind of lose the ground beneath you. So I learned that the hard way. So my my people back home, my tribe, they're there to be my contextual baseline through life. But then there's people, then I learned over the years, and I learned it the hard way, that it's important to find your people in other ways. And I have found three different buckets for communities that are important to me. One of which is a community of people who have uh, location-independent businesses. They're very entrepreneurial. With these people, I can have mastermind groups, and I can talk about business at a very high level, but they're also location-independent businesses, so I can talk with them about the mechanics of running a business remotely. Then there's people who share this travel lifestyle that I like to be able to riff with. And I'm actively this year developing a community of people who have travel lifestyles and remote careers. And those remote careers could be anything from telecommuting to running their own business. But the linchpin there is the travel lifestyle plus working remotely. And I find these people through things like co-living and co-working programs, which I'm experimenting a lot with this year. And then the third bucket are people who kind of have that combination thereof. I mean, these are the camp indie people. These are the people who like to live unconventional lifestyles. Maybe you travel, maybe you don't. Maybe you're starting a new way of living your life. You're redesigning your life. Maybe you're a content creator. I love being able to riff with content creators. I was recently at a conference that was specifically for content creators. And that was a new way of for me to look at and examine my business without necessarily being in the location independent or travel lifestyle camps. So I think it's important for anyone who's getting into an unconventional lifestyle to find their people, but their people may not all be in one place either.
3: And I think that that's an important differentiation. I'm thinking about how I... Scott, I'm so excited to meet you. But when I first met Travis or Nora, like Nora, I had been fangirling you for quite some time. Like, whoa, everyone fangirls Nora. I know. Everyone, <laughs> fangirl, fangirl. Like boy, the leader we're all of this fan group. Like, I was like, wow, this woman is like doing the thing. Like, how is she doing the thing? And it's one of those things where it's like, I, what we talked about. You don't know what you don't know. And then I started getting into this and like these crazy opportunities started coming up and kind of my previous support, you know, my friends that knew me from college and my corporate life and my family, they just couldn't support me. Sorry, you're doing what, Christine? Like, like, and how are you making money off of that? And it wasn't until they started seeing it, Oh, Christine's living on a yacht in the Maldives, flying drones, looking for manta rays for a month. Okay, she's actually doing something that's cool, fully sponsored by blah, 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 and making money, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, of course you could do that. And I'm like, where was that support the first two years I was doing this, right? Like, you, you were telling me I was on a flight to Zanzibar getting a phone call from my family being like, we just want you to know that we're not okay with you getting on this flight right now. And for me, I was just like, yo, I don't need your permission to go do me, boo. And like later, you know, fast forward, hundreds of thousands of close to millions of views on those videos. They're like, oh yeah, you did a great job. We're so glad you went to Zanzibar. And I'm like, I saved that, that, that message you guys sent me from before, just FYI. But it's really important that you are solid in yourself as you are finding that community. And then when you find your people, right? Like I took a risk going to World Domination Summit to meet Travis, cause someone told me like, yo, you gotta meet Travis. And when I have these conversations with you, Travis, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was possible. I thought a lot of, wow, I didn't know that, like what I do is possible, but you've opened my eyes even more. And even though I fangirled Nora, you know, like Nora, you and I met at a content creator conference. And, you know, we were having this moment where I was like, yo, like we're in the hallway podcast with me, Nora, like I want to learn what else is out there. And you opened up my eyes even more like it's just it feels like it's endless and it's so important to connect with people. And like, Scott, I'm so excited to meet you at Camp Indy because I'm just like, yo, yo, what else like what else is out there? And you just don't know until you start to hear the stories. But you must be surrounding yourself with people that will feed you these ideas of what's
1: possible. Cause otherwise, like, how are you supposed to know? How do you do that? Because you have a, a really strong self-belief in yourself, Christine, and maybe not always. Right. But, but even as you said, I, I think we all have doubts, but even as you said, like my family's telling me not to go to Zanzibar. Funny story, Scott and I were just in Zanzibar, not that long ago together. Um, you know, this exotic land that, that, I didn't even know where it was exactly. Now you're talking about it and we're like, yeah, oh, that, that makes sense that you were in Zanzibar too, right? Um, When you get these type of people together, but you had this belief and you, even though your family was like, we're not okay, you said, I'm doing this. How have you three in the past been able to get past maybe the doubt from others or from yourself? Because I know even now, 13, 14 years later, there's still... Of course, and I should mention this about anything we're talking. There's always a next step to take that has doubts and fears and stuff. You don't just do it once and now, oh, I've made it, right? I have this lifestyle, and now I'm good forever. As Nora said, she could have done that maybe in her corporate career, but this lifestyle isn't exactly like that. You're 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 constantly reinventing and pushing yourself because that's what keeps it fun and fresh. But when those doubts creep in, are there strategies, things that you do, you know, that have helped whether that be external doubts or internal doubts? I have one to share
3: because um, I recently broke down, not mentally broke down, but the bus broke down (laughs) just the other day. And it was one of those things where, you know, you're, you're somewhere that's like uh, in the middle of nowhere and you're kind of in a situation where you're like, wow, this like everything about this sucks. Like, why am I here? And why, like, why am I doing this? And it really does come back to that. Why? And like part of the reason why I'm doing this project is it pushes me creatively and Uh, This will come out publicly in the future, but there are some really powerful stories that I'm going to tell. It will change the way people think about water. This sounds very vague, but just go with it. And so the why of why I'm here is so strong, kind of in the same way when I was headed to Zanzibar, like I am going to help people to travel to this place that a lot of, especially Americans, don't know a lot about and have a lot of misperceptions about. Or even when it comes to drones, it's like so many women think well, it's this really difficult thing, yet. I can normally teach most people in about 90 seconds how to do it like a boss or even like playing pickleball. So many people are like, oh, well, isn't it like really difficult and hard, but it's like, I get my ass whooped by 70 year olds and seven year olds. Like it's an amazing sport that everyone should get into. And I have these really strong whys of getting people to travel to a place, to getting people to explore the world from the sky, to get people to pick up a paddle so that they can enjoy this amazing sport that you can travel anywhere and play. And when I have doubts, when I'm broken down on the bus or when I'm, you know, like making content where I'm just like, what am I doing? I come back to those whys and it's like, I am going to help improve people's lives because these things have improved my own life. And that's what keeps driving me forward through the good times and the bad. I have a really clear why as to why I'm doing things.
1: Anyone else want to chime in on that? Because I think having the why is, as you mentioned, it, it, it's what's going to pull you out of a lot of situations that may, you know, there's it's easier to give up sometimes uh in this lifestyle. And I think a lot of people probably listening to this have maybe tried it before, right? It's It might not be the first time they're hearing about, hey, I could leave my nine to five or I could go do something different, but they've tried it and it didn't work. And then it was like, well, I gave it a shot. It was a good run. That's not for me. What happens when that happens? When you give it a shot and it doesn't work the way that you want?
2: I'll chime in. So uh, the first part of the question, I would say, uh, go to things, shameless plug, like Camp Indy, where you are amongst others that, you know, everyone's at different different levels, right? So you've got people like Nora, like me, that have been doing it a long time. You've got people that have been doing it for a few years. And then you have people that are just thinking about doing it. And I've been to a ton of events, you know, uh, and there's generally some sort of mix of of those types of people in each one. And what I would say is you by going and putting yourself out there, even if it's going to take some time, take some money, uh, you know, it may not fit into your schedule uh, as well as you would hope it to when you get there and you meet people, you will make friends, you will learn from them. And uh, I mean, I even make, you know, do business and stuff like that. It's like, even if I feel some kind of friction as far as like going and and joining something or or being a part of an event or something like that, every single time I come up, after the fact, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I went to it. Uh, just because, you know, even if it's just why wow, you made a few new friends um, that you can talk to about your upcoming uh, choices, as far as like, you know, if you're going to take a step into living and or working remotely, or you've got this like business idea you've got, or something like that. It's, it's great to have those people around uh, that either have the experience, of having done it in the past, or they're going through the same kind of thought process as you as far as like, oh, like, I wonder if I could do this. And then you've kind of got like a cohort of people that, um, you know, you can relate to on the same level. Um, as far as like myself, I was, I guess, lucky. Like I said, I didn't have a corporate job. I didn't, um, you know, much respect to people like, like Nora, like Christine that like had a life built up and um, you've got like this thing you've spent years on advancing and you know, corporate world. And you've got like a house and a bunch of possessions and stuff like that. Like I started off at 19. And so I kind of, even though the first few years I was like, am I doing, am I actually going to do this? Is this going to work out? And like, my parents were still clipping out things out of the newspaper being like, Hey, like I found this job opportunity for you, you know, like (laughs) for, for years until like eventually I noticed like, oh, like my dad hasn't like put any newspaper clippings out uh, on my desk for a while now. Like maybe I'm, I'm actually doing this. After five years, I'm showing him like, oh, I can actually like support myself. Yeah, you know, so like I didn't have to give all of that up, which is like, I I've heard many stories of, of people that have done that, including Nora um, and now Christine. And I'm just like, wow, much respect. Like, cause I didn't have to go through that. And you know, a lot of people that are listening to this, so that would be at Camp India or whatnot, there are a few that are that are just starting off at the same point I was at, but I would say probably the majority have a life and they're stepping out of it, and so that uh, that is something I do not have prior experience with. But uh, you will find many other people, in, you know, in the same boat.
0: I'd like to. Reflect back, uh, Scott, I'm totally with you on the in-person connections. It's so important to make these in-person connections because I have met each and every one of you on this, on this call right now in person at some point. And each of you have had a profound effect on my life. And each of you, I do consider friends because of the interactions we had by virtue of the fact that we met in person. Some of us knew Just each you. other like. <laughs> right? I, I, water I, I, ski. I cannot you. water ski without <laughs> thinking of you now, Scott. <laughs> you're you're ski, yeah, embedded <laughs> into my water ski brain. You know, Trav, you and I knew each other remotely for years and years and years. And it wasn't until we locked eyes at Camp Indy a couple of years ago that I really felt that we became fast friends. And now I know that I can reach out to you if I'm having a moment. In fact, actually, I want to now kind of go back to your question about what happens when, you know, you realize you're not where you should be and what happens in that, in that moment where you see a reset coming, even for people who have done the life reset, like Christine and I in, in leaving that corporate life and going to a totally different life and lifestyle. That ain't the end of that road. I will tell you, I have redesigned and redesigned again my life and lifestyle. I have come at this life that for some people would be the end game. It It's a process and it will always be a process. This is kind of a meta life thing as well, quite frankly, always being willing to change and iterate your process. And, and Trav, you and I one year ago were at TravelCon, another one of these events that we were at together. And Scott, I also want to give you props for being at TravelCon because TravelCon was not a conference necessarily that played into your own career or business, but you were there to meet people. And, and I'm willing to bet you made some pretty cool connections while you were there. Oh, (laughs)
2: definitely. Yep. Very happy I went.
0: (laughs) So I was at TravelCon and in the days leading up to it, I actually showed up a a day or two early and was just horrendously ill because I was uh, having yet another turn of the screw with burnout. Seems to be a game I like to play with myself. My body completely shuts down and then that only then am I forced to look up and take stock of my life choices. And Memphis is probably not a good place to question your life choices, but there I was. And Trav you sent me a message and you said are you here cuz i think i heard that you're at travelcon and i had been stuck in my hotel room not only feeling horrendously ill but feeling horrendously sorry for myself and i said trav i'm here but i'm having an existential crisis and it looks a whole lot like burnout and you said we need breakfast and because we had met in person at camp Indy and we had that friendship then one year later in memphis i came down and met you for breakfast and you helped me reimagine my business and my lifestyle. You were part of a few people that was part of this inflection point for what ended up, I mean, the last year I have completely transformed how I live, how I travel, and how I do business. Christine, you were also part of, you were at the very, very, very beginning of that process because you and I met at another travel conference a few months prior to that. And I was on the edge of that burnout. And you may recall that. That was when you turned the 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 camera and the microphone on. You're like, we need to get this we need to record this for posterity. And we did. And that was, that was part of the friendship that you and I had because you inspired me with your energy and your enthusiasm for the life and lifestyle. So everybody on this call has had an impact on me and only because we all met in person first and sometimes, and in some ways in some very unlikely places. So I'm all for developing those communities in person because you never know who's going to come into your life and what conversation you're going to have that is going to help you with the reset that you
1: need. I think it speaks also to this idea that you don't need a thousand people. Like if you're, if you're sitting there you're like, well, I don't know anyone who's doing this. Or I don't have that community that you guys are talking about. all of you have got to meet in person and this and that, you know, I felt that way when I went to that first world domination summit, I was reading different people's blogs and it seemed like they were always hanging out. Right. I actually remember reading a site called nerd fitness, which a lot of you probably know from Steve. And there was a post he was talking about his personal life and he was hanging out like three or four other people. And I, whose, whose sites I also read, you know, it was all kind of interconnected. And I remember thinking like, how do I become part of that group and feeling a bit overwhelmed, right? Like they're all know each other. They've all been doing this for a long time, right? I'm just someone who's trying to figure out what to do. I don't have anything to offer. And I remember just thinking, all right, well, if I can get to world domination summit, where these people are going to be, I'll figure it out. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know who's going to be there. And, you know, I met a few people and then the next year that was a few more. And then I got introduced, Scott introduced me to some people, right? This and that. And you start, you start getting connected different ways. And so you don't need a a thousand people, right? If you don't know anyone or you're not sure, you know, of, of anyone who's living this life. So you're like, I don't really have anyone I can lean on for this go out and go somewhere where you can find one or two of those people. And that will very quickly. And and whether you're introverted or extroverted doesn't matter, right? Because some people prefer closer knit groups. Some people prefer to know a lot of different people. That's fine. But when you get somewhere with an event, those ripple effects from just knowing a few people will just continue and continue and continue. Because as you said, like, so Nora, I was only in Memphis. I'll just use this as a perfect example. I was in Memphis because I had gone last minute down to South by Southwest in March of that year because Scott was down there with two other people we met. And I saw an Instagram post. I'm like, oh, dang, I'm just going to I'm just going to go down and see them. And I flew down that next morning, hung out with Scott. And he's like, come on, man, get the travel con like, you know, you've been on the fence about it, this and that. And I put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off until I saw him there and another friend of ours, which we all know, Erica there. And I thought. I'm just going to go. And the next morning, I booked a flight, and I went, right? And so it's these little pieces of life where you're just like, all right, one person's there that I want to meet or see or talk to. And then it becomes much a much more richer experience. but you don't need a thousand people, right? You don't have to feel like you need to know everyone.
3: I have to jump in with a story because this is what this is how I met you, Travis. And I actually, I'm going to admit this openly. I am not an extrovert. I'm actually not. And like, I have a crap load of energy and I get very excited about the things that I do when I'm making these movements right now. And as I'm talking, it's making the whole bus shake, even though it weighs 27,000 pounds. Like I am just really excited, amped up about all the things I'm doing. And through TravelCon, I met Erica and Erica was the one who's like, yo, you got to go to world domination summit and meet Travis. And in full transparency, the only reason why I went to World Domination Summit
1: was to meet you. And oh, when man. I was there, let's I ask, was... let's ask her on air. Did it disappoint? Like that we got to so know good. the answer here, right? So
3: good, it was so good. And I, and you know what? I, I at that time I was. I was doing too much travel. I was doing too many projects and I was right on my own brink of burnout. I went to go live in the Bahamas after that, because I was like, I'm done. I'm just going to chill and fly drones out this window for the rest of the month. But, but prior to that, I went to world domination summit. I was very introverted while I was there. And I really only focused in on trying to meet you and a couple other people. And it was the life that I needed to have breathed into me at that moment to inspire me on what I was going to do next and pivot into something a little bit more meaningful that really spoke to me. Because at that time I was getting distracted by opportunities because it's like, Oh wow, that looks really cool. I'm going to go do that. But like, you can only say yes to so many freaking things. And at that time I was saying yes to too many things. And so kind of like what Nora was talking about, even though, you know, you guys have been in it for a long time. I haven't been in it for that long. I pivoted a million times but it's through these interactions and meeting people and nothing beats in person. It just doesn't. And I got a lot of energy online, but like come see me in person. It's scary. Like <laughs> it's a lot. But it, it will feed your soul and will help to guide you and will help you to find like figure out what's right for you as you continue on your path so that in the dark times you you know what you need for yourself to continue forward and keep doing you
1: yeah, you guys mentioned this idea, and you you just brought this up, christine, of of pivoting a few different times. and one of the big things that you realized, and I think that I realized, and it took me a few years to realize this, I'm still not great at it, is this idea that you can't say yes to everything. And that can be a tough thing. So what if you're if you're just starting out, it can be really tough because there's a thousand different things that you can go and do, right? But but prioritizing is is the most important. Like, what is it that you really want to do? How do you guys, each one of you, figure out what to say yes to and then what to say no to? Because that in life, but especially when you try to build a, a different lifestyle, is probably one of the
2: hardest things to do. I'm still not great at that. I've definitely got shiny object syndrome. <laughs>
1: you did say we got to maybe maybe now's when we hear the story you got on you're like i'm pretty tired it's 9 30 a.m i i assume you weren't saying no to a lot of things last night scott maybe
2: (laughs) i mean to be fair i was i was uh whining and dining with potential customers yesterday just you know it's one of those like uh Ten hour type things, you know. It's a Sunday, lazy Sunday afternoon, so it was it was good. You know, I, I'm sure uh, the time spent will be made back in full. <laughs> but
1: it's hard for you to say no, uh, Scott. Like you're oh imagining. yeah,
2: because I I want to I want to do everything. I want to meet everyone. I want to go everywhere. Like that's just me. Like I have endless thirst for everything, knowledge and and yeah, you know, all that stuff. So it's it's tricky. Yeah, definitely have overcommitted myself many many times. It's good to finally have, you know, I've even, you know, a lot of people know me as you introd me as like the safari guy, you know, which is cool. Like, I like it because it it, it gives an immediate thing to talk about whenever you meet somebody. Cause you know, what do you, when you talk to somebody, what, what are the first things you have to say? What's your name? What do you do? Like generally like that's how the conversation goes. Right. And so like, I'm like, Oh, you know, I think I run a safari company in Africa and people are like, what, you know, and like that makes it really easy to go from there and, and have a, a conversation. However, I also have uh, three other LLCs and I'm a partner in a company registered in Japan. And so like there's these other things I do. And and plus like I still like help out um, some friends with like their websites and stuff like that, uh, you know, in the spare time. And I'm thinking about starting up a tea importing business from Japan. And so like there's all these things, but like, I know that I have to focus first and foremost on like what's bringing the money in. So you know, a lot of people starting off on the path may have to just kind of focus on something that brings money in until you've got this kind of cushion. And then you can kind of like look to other things that might kind of be more suited to you. I always tell people, you know, like, if you've got a job right now, and it's paying the bills, like, something on the side like learn some skills on youtube like christine did or you can you know start doing something and just kind of seeing if there's some traction and some money coming in and whatnot and like once you've got that cushion then you can kind of make that jump and you know quit your job or you know whatever it is you need to do to live the life that you want to be living but uh yeah it's definitely a struggle all the time (laughs) i just need to remind myself sometimes like. Hey, you got to like focus on dollars too. Like, even though I'm not all about the money, I still know that like, okay, there are like places I want to go, things I want to do, and tons of food I want to eat, and it generally requires money to do that stuff.
1: <laughs> Have either of you guys, Nora and Christine, because you've made a lot of pivots, uh, whether those be over a long period of time or Christine, like you said, you've pivoted quite a bit, even since we've known each other, which is super fun for me to watch. How do you decide? what to focus on because there is a lot of opportunities and there's a lot of things we hear. Uh, Oh, well, you could do this. You could run an Amazon business. You could be a content creator. You could uh, freelance, but but, but, like there's a, you know, and that's why I actually hate these. A lot of times hate these articles that come out and business insiders, like 43 best ways to make money uh, online. And you're like, don't give me 43, give me two. Right. And then I'll try to pick because if you give me 43, I'll get interested as Scott was saying, Curiosity seeps in like, well, that would be cool. That would be cool. I'll get interested in all 43 and then not actually end up taking steps necessary to do any of them. So how have you been able to have that balance or figure out which one needs your attention in time?
3: Mm, I've got one. And this is something I encourage anyone who's interested into, in changing their lifestyle, their job, whatever. Just start with something that you think might be your mission statement your true north, right? For me, helping people to explore the world and travel so they can open their eyes to explore it from the sky with a drone and now playing pickleball, right? And so these are pivots that I've made. And every couple months, I will literally revisit that thing and just add a couple more notes around like things I really care about. Because I realized, for me, I really love being in warm environments, in the sunshine, around water. And so I focus a lot of my travel around beach and island locations, which means, and as a newer content creator, it's relatively, not easy, but relatively easy to get free travel. It's relatively difficult to get free travel and get paid to do that travel. And I was starting to get tons of paid travel in destinations that I am not interested in being in, that are far from the ocean, that do not involve any kind of scuba diving or anything that flying a drone in these locations is hard to make it look pretty. And I started saying no to those opportunities. Hmm. And one of the other things I started doing was I had an opportunity to start working with a talent agent, and I was starting to get submitted and doing auditions for different kinds of travel opportunities. And some of them are things like I am very known for a lot of my Mexico content. Anyone who travels, when I walk into Tulum, everyone's like, yo, it's Christine Lozano. Like, I'm here because of you. Like, yo, right? Like, people know me for Tulum. I had this opportunity come up where it was (laughs) where I was going to be on a a reality TV show. And it was not a fit. They needed me to be a diva who was not nice to service people. And it was just everything against who I am as a person. It was very well-paying. And I turned down this opportunity because I'm like, that is so not me. Because within my mission statement, it's all about authenticity. It's all about being your, like showing up as you and your best self, because that is the only thing in the world of content creation in the type of content creation I'm in, the only thing that differentiates me from anyone else is me. I have to be me. And if I'm acting like someone who's not me, it's not a fit. And so every time I have these opportunities come up, because as a, um, this is going to be a pivot for me again, I walk the fine line between being a content creator and influencer, like, bleh. like, I don't, I'm not very happy. Some people like props to you. Some people love doing the influencer life. I have mixed feelings about it, but because I am seen by a quarter to a half a million people per month, the types of opportunities that come to me are like, oh, wow, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, oh, wow, I could make thousands of dollars if just once. I just puffed a certain kind of like vaping cigarette at the camera. That's not a fit for me. It's not. I come back to this mission statement and it's very easy for me, but like, no, no, that doesn't work. No. And I'm adjusting it all the time, right? I'm learning about what kind of a pickleball player I am. And it's making me realize that I will align myself with some types of events and tournaments. And I won't, I won't align myself with some kinds of brands that are out there. It just, you just need to be clear about who you are and what you want. And it makes making those decisions saying yes to no easier. Obviously. Yes. Like make sure you got the money coming in to do the things that you need to do. And sometimes, sometimes you need to make the sacrifices, but it needs to be a fit within what feels right for you. Otherwise burnout will come so fast. And we've all been there.
1: Yeah, I think it it, it can be hard, right? To say wh- what is it, especially when you're starting out, like what is authentic to me? Cause you might not know, right? You might just say, like, I don't like this. Meaning for a lot of people, the job I'm in, the situation I'm in, usually again, that the biggest weight for a lot of people is is a job when we talk about kind of getting out of this lifestyle and then moving into the next. I mean, you might not know. And I think to to Scott's point there too, and what Christine has done with her life, then then try a few things. If it feels right to you, like don't try it if you think it's going to be something that doesn't work for you, right? But it's okay to try a few different things. You probably shouldn't try a million things. You probably should sit down with yourself. And I have everyone who comes to our coaching program do this exact same process where I have them write out their perfect average day, right? And I'm like, because if you write out your perfect average day, and then we go and look at this over and over and over again, that is their North Star. That is, hey, all right, well, let's read through that again. Is what you're saying, is is this job, for example, is selling stuff on Amazon, right? Because you want to resell stuff on Amazon. Does that fit in your perfect average day? Do you like sitting at your computer? Do you like sourcing products? Do you like shipping products? Whatever it is, right? Does that fit in your perfect average day? If not, then why, why start down that path, right? Anything you you do is going to have its easy parts and it's hard parts, right? Like there's nothing that's easy. I I would say, oh, this is just like super easy way to get started. So everyone should go here, even if you don't like it, because that'll catapult you to something else. Everything is going to be hard in some ways and easy in other ways. So you might as well ask yourself those harder questions in the beginning of what is it that I want to do? What does my perfect average day look like? And then start down down that path. Nora, you've taken a lot of different Pivots and chain and and done a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, guys, just go on the professional hobo and read through the archives. I, I love when you actually put that up on Facebook you know, and be like, "Oh, here's an old post I wrote in 2012," but uh, it's very uh, applicable to today. And I'll read through it. I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, this stuff is is evergreen here." How have you found navigating different paths and the kind of whether it be on from a business perspective or hey, now I need to change my lifestyle around a little bit. What have you done to to kind of know that you might be making the right decision for the future?
0: I never know if I'm making the right decision for the future. I mean, we can't know that stuff. This is part of the journey. And I think that this is anything I have to say now is really a reflection of what's been said and that don't be afraid to iterate and reiterate again. Don't be afraid to try new things. You don't know if it's going to work, but you know what? As long as you're not burning the bridge behind you, what's the harm in trying something new? And I never realized, I mean, I've been a career traveler for 17 years. I am now traveling the world and experiencing it in an entirely new way. Why? Because I wanted to try it a new way. And I've done this consistently. I did. It's like a, a little bit like Scott, you know. It's like I have shiny object syndrome to to a point, you know. Every once in a while, I'm like, ooh, rabbit hole, let's go this way, ooh, and you know, and I and I try it, and sometimes it works, and sometimes I can say it's a learning experience. Um, but inevitably, all the amazing stuff that I've done in my life was not something I could possibly have planned for or predicted. It was me being keeping my eyes open. To the opportunities being flexible and willing to jump on them as they came up and to to see what happens you know i've spent two years living in the sacred valley of peru apprenticing with a shaman like I didn't plan for that but that's just something that happened along the way and it was a total rabbit hole that I went down and at the time I thought it was my new life full stop like I was I had actually put my content creation business on the back burner I was in the process of applying for my Peruvian residency I was I was a shaman in my own mind and uh and guess what it it didn't turn out that way uh and you know because things just My life evolved and moved in a different direction, um, partly because of circumstances outside of me and partly because of my own circumstances and my own inner voice guiding me in a different direction. Do I regret any part of that experience? Absolutely not. And when people say to me, you know, oh, looking back on everything, you know, what would you do differently? Or do you have any regrets? My answer is unequivocally no, because I am only here in this moment today because of all the experiences I've had leading up to here. So even the bad stuff and, you know, I've survived three tropical diseases. I was in three natural disasters. I had all kinds of really, I've survived more breakups than I care to admit to, you know, like there's a lot of things that happened along the way in the last 17 years that maybe were not uh, the most exciting or the most wonderful experiences, but all of them led me to where I am today. And they will all become a part of who I will be tomorrow. I'm not sure who's that, who that's going to be or in some cases where it's going to happen, but uh, I'm always up for the adventure. And I think flexibility and that sense of adventure, regardless of whether or not you're actually a traveler, regardless of whether or not you want to throw it all in the way we have, no matter what you do, be it your career, your life, your travels, being curious and willing to try something new without burning the bridges behind you is the best way forward as far as I'm concerned.
1: That is, I think, the theme of this episode, right? We come into this and I'm like, you know, I don't have prescriptive questions. I just want it to be open and talking. And every from what I hear from each one of you and knowing each one of you really well now is the, the thing that I am so happy when I get to chat with you and, and that I get to see all of you lead out is this phrase or is this is word of curiosity, right? It's curiosity, and then it's not being afraid. To go after that curiosity. And Nora, you put it so well there at the end, where it doesn't mean you have to throw it all away. It, and, and you even mentioned this in the beginning like, now you've realized that the people at home, it's not like you threw that away and you're like, I'm never talking, I'm never coming home, I have to leave you. Christine, you weren't like getting on the plane of Zandibar, like, okay, fam, uh, I'm going to Zandibar, I'm never coming back, I'm never talking to you again, right? You realize that there is a spot and a place for for everything that you've done before and the people in your life from before. And that's not going to hold you from moving forward, but it's not going to be a thing that you have to throw away. And I think, I think when we, when, when people think about trying to build this lifestyle the, the scariest part, and I know for me, when I was doing it and, and even now, when we make pivots is like this, uh, well, this is who I am. This is what I've done for the last X amount of years, two years, five years, 10 years oh my gosh, I have to make a change. And then when you just take the weight off it and you say, you're not throwing away your old self, take the best parts of, of that lifestyle of your old self, integrate new parts and become a better version. And that's where the curiosity really, really comes in and being afraid to, or, or, and not being afraid to step into that curiosity. All right, as I let all three of you go, I just want to ask you a fun question here with Camp Indy. Uh, and the people listening, if you don't have your camp tickets, you can go to campindy.com. Come join all four of us in person. The reason that all of you, and, and I have to give each one of you credit, all of you have a lot of opportunities. Christine, you talked about Scott. You, you're, doing, you're in Japan. You're leading uh, safaris through Africa. You're doing a thousand different things as well, all three of you have incredible opportunities that that you could take and run and and go with. And each one of you, I'm so thankful just from my heart as someone who runs this event that all three of you are like, yeah, I'm prioritizing being at Camp Indy. and prioritizing being around the people that will be there. And I I can't thank you guys enough for that. So fun question. What's the one thing that you're most excited about at Camp Indy? Just pick one. I know there's a lot, but what are you like? All right. In one month from when we're recording this, one month and one day from when we're recording this, we will all be hanging out together in Kent, Connecticut at Camp Indy. What's the thing you're most excited about?
2: Water skiing with Scott. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we were very really quick to go get down to the water. <laughs>
3: yeah, right? I am going to be droning Travis doing a 360 on water skis. That's Woo! what I'm excited for.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Scott, is it reciprocal?
1: Is it water skiing? Are all three of you most excited? Water skiing. I I love, you
2: know, the water is the place to hang out, right? Like, you know, when we're not doing something else, we're always in the water, whether it's water skiing or on like the the obstacle thing, like that's sitting in the water. Like, it's just, it's just a place to be. Mm. I will yeah. say one of
0: my fondest memories from, from the last Camp Indy was exactly that. We just all, we had an afternoon off to do whatever we wanted. And there was a group of us that just went down to the water and there's this huge inflatable playground. And we all just took up a position somewhere on this playground and just hung out and played. We literally played. And mm. while we were playing, we made friends and we had conversations that were about all kinds of different things. So yeah, the, the inflatable playground on the water, where it's at.
1: And Scott floated out. Scott went to the bar, got it, got an inner (laughs) tube with a bottom in it and floated out like 15 beers to everyone playing on the inflatable playground. So it got even better. Um, You know, you know me, I I like to start a party, (laughs) like to start the party. Well, thank you guys so much for being here, for taking time away from uh, hanging your schoolie bus or Nora, you're up there in Toronto. You're going to make your way to Camp And Scott, you've got probably three or four adventures even before camp starts. So thank you guys so much for taking the time out to record with us today, sharing your story, but also for being at Camp Indy. And for those of you who are listening who don't have your tickets yet, uh, you can see what it's all about. In-person event, bringing together adventurers, entrepreneurs, digital nomads, what we say is freedom seekers. If you relate to that and you say, oh my gosh, I got to figure out how to get more freedom in my life or I have to be around these type of people who are doing this kind of thing and building this freedom in their own life, check it out over at CampIndy.com. So thank you guys for joining me, and I'll see you around the campfire.
0: Woo-hoo! See you at camp. Bye, guys. (laughs)